the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Caregiver SOS On Air, presented by the WellMed Charitable Foundation with nationally known gerontologist Carol Zernio and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron. This program provides health, wellness, and other information for caregivers who are vital to the health and well-being of so many people across our country. Now, here are your hosts, Ron Aaron and Carol Zernio. Well, I want to thank you so much for joining us today on Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, and along with our co-host, Carol Zerniel. Carol is a member of the Ray's Family Caregiving Advisory Council under the Federal Department of Health and Human Services. They recently sent their recommendations to Congress, and we're waiting for some response, hoping it's not like dropping a log or a rock in a well. We'll, we'll see what happens. She's also the past chair of the Board of Directors of the National Council on Aging, has a master's degree in social gerontology, Carol is executive director of the WellMed Charitable Foundation. And Carol, uh, we've got a great guest coming up in just a minute, Elizabeth Miller. And we're going to talk about how worrying and negative effects can really affect your life. Oh, I think all of us know someone who is a chronic worrier. Um, I'm, I, I am probably somewhat of a, a recovering chronic warrior. I haven't succeeded, uh, but I do tend to be in the worry box a lot. And so I'm very excited uh, to have this conversation today. Well, let's introduce Elizabeth Miller. She's a family caregiver, a caregiver advocate, a speaker, an author, a podcast host, and a certified caregiving consultant. She's had personal experience as a caregiver as well, earned her BA in journalism from Penn State University, Nittany Lyons, and she has worked in corporate IT and strategy roles for over 20 years. And uh, Elizabeth, it is great to have you on Caregiver SOS On Air. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Ron and Carol. Delighted to be here. Talk to us, if you don't mind, about uh, your caregiving experience, what it taught you, and why you've carried it on into your life now. I think it's still teaching me things, frankly. But in 2014, my husband and I found ourselves squeezing the sandwich generation caring for aging parents and our kids at the same time while working full-time careers. And we felt like how many caregivers feel. We felt like we were lost. We were learning a new vocabulary. We were affectionately getting our master's in caregiving, it felt like. And we were feeling like we were the only ones going through this. And it was really a struggle. And I was starting to just kind of see myself change right in front of my eyes where I just felt like I wasn't recognizing who I was looking at in the mirror. I've always kind of been an up, upbeat person, but caregiving was having a weary toll on me. How so? Well, I mean, it was, you always feel like, I call it like, you feel like you're feeding a nest of hungry birds, right? Like you're the mother bird and you're trying to go out and get the little pieces of worms to bring back to the nest. And they all have their mouths screaming open. And no matter who you're feeding, there's always somebody else wanting more. And it's, you know, it took me a while to figure out how to just give myself a bit of grace, frankly, when looking in the mirror and said, 
gosh darn it, you know, I'm doing the best that I can today. And, um, and, and, and just to keep showing up and showing up is, is enough in itself sometimes. So I think we, we can tend to be our worst critics. So I, you know, I felt like I wanted this to be better for myself and for other people. So I started Happy Healthy Caregiver really to serve the family caregiver community. I felt like everybody was telling me how I could take better care of the people that I love, you know, for whatever ailments that they had, but nobody was really seeing me or my husband as the family caregivers. And we just had a lot on our shoulders at the time. And you've come up with a, a recipe for combating that negativity, for dealing with all the downside of what's happening in your life? I think for me, it was, you know, I had three very clear examples in front of my face with my mother-in-law and my, my two parents had chronic comorbidities. And so it was very clear to me that, you know, they're not prioritizing their health and happiness had put us into this caregiving situation. And frankly, you know, it has taken my folks from me prematurely and my mother-in-law from me, from, from us prematurely. And so I really wanted that to be different for me and for other family caregivers. So I had to be intentional about self-care and I feel like self-care is the antidote to burnout. Yeah. I just want to stress something that I really liked what you said, Elizabeth, um, and the, it's the idea of being intentional. Um, sometimes we sit back and we wish things would change. Right. And wishing is not uh, it's not it, it's not a process. You're just wishing. But being intentional and taking a first step, as you said, showing up, taking a first step to making things different. If we can take that first step that can really open the door for us to do even more. We just can't be afraid. No, I mean, like you said, Carol, hope is not a strategy. Um, we can't just want things to be different. We do have to take action. And I know one of the things that we wanted to chat about today was worry. And, and somebody had given me some advice early on. They said, you know, if you worry and something bad happens, you suffer twice. But if you don't necessarily worry and something bad happens, you suffer once. And I thought, hmm, I'm going to I'm going to choose one time. Why not? So worry becomes a self-professing issue. You, you, you have thought of worrying and so you worry? Well, worry, I think, is everybody worries, right? It's just something that we innately do because we care about people and we love people. And there's a great quote also by Irma Bombeck that says, worry is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it really gets you nowhere. Huh. Uh, and that's true, right? Like it feels like we're doing something. We're rocking, we're worrying, but really, the, what can really help with worrying is taking action. And that action is the key to a worry. And to think about, to name your worry, first of all, and recognize it and say, you know, today my worry of the day is, you know, my, I'm worried about, I'm, I'm still in a caregiving role uh, for my brother. I have an older brother that has a developmental an intellectual disability. And with our parents not being here, we're sibling caregivers now. And, you know, I worry about his activity level, like he doesn't have friends and is he doing enough? And so what is it, what is the action that I could do that could help address his worry? Well, maybe it's research support groups, you know, that are in our area or, or really ask him a bunch of questions to find out what his hobby is. And I know one of his hobbies is treasure hunting. And so maybe there's a a treasure hunting group that I could get him um, done. So that's that's an example of how you can take a worry and really draw it potentially to some kind of an action. 
We're going to come right back to you. I just want to remind folks who may have just joined us, you're listening to Caregiver SOS on air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zerniel, and we're talking with Elizabeth Miller. She is the host of the Happy Healthy Caregiver podcast, and what a great description of what we are trying to do and talk about today. Uh, you know, caregivers, as you know very well, Elizabeth Miller, differ, and over the years, Carol Zerniel and I have interviewed literally hundreds and hundreds of caregivers. Some are upbeat, enthusiastic. Some are really down and negative and angry. Uh, can you help those who are down and really angry? I can try. Uh, you know, I think some of it is our DNA, frankly. Like we just have have something in our DNA that makes us an optimistic or a pessimistic type of person. Um, I was just telling this story earlier that my mom and I had a lot of similarities, but my mom was a little bit different in that she would just kind of spiral, I used to call it. And she had her greatest hits of things that she would just say over and over again. And, you know, I would try something to reframe it or, and then finally I just had to kind of set a boundary with it and say, mom, you know, this isn't a productive conversation to just keep rehashing these past things that come up. And so there's some kind of trauma there for a lot of people. I think if they just kind of find themselves on this greatest hits track or leaning towards the negative, you know, do they want to be this way? Are they, are they going to meet you halfway and figuring out how to change? I know for me, like even when I first started blogging, blogging was is how I started processing this back in 2015 when I was really in the throes of caregiving and I had to figure something out. So I started writing. Writing was super therapeutic. And I didn't like some of my initial blog posts. I was like, who is this person? She is a negative Nellie. And apologies if your name is Nellie. But, you know, it, 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 it's not who I wanted to be. You know, it's just not who I am. I am this silver lining kind of girl. And so I, that was another key for me is to just say, well, well, how can I reframe this? What am I supposed to be learning here? How can I take this situation and, and turn it into something positive? And I, you know, I think happy, healthy caregiver and all of the stuff that, that it offers is, um, is a result of that intention. Well, and what I hear you saying that's important is you set some bound, there's some boundary setting, right? We're not, I don't, I'm not going to do this again. I'm not getting on the merry-go-round again to have this discussion. So setting some boundaries. Um, and then the importance of surrounding yourself with some positive people, because obviously all of us do get down in the dumps and it's easy to get sucked down to the bottom. Uh, and so having people that can be the silver lining people, if we can't be it ourselves, at least have some of them in our lives can really make a difference. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I don't remember who, I think it was Jim Rohn who said, you're the sum of the five people that you spend the most time with. And that is so true. And so look around you and it, you're going to, it's osmosis, right? You're just going to get it. And I had found for me, like, especially in the throes of caregiving, I had to really limit, limit the negative things in our environment. And one of those things for me was news. And I studied journalism in college. You know, I love the news, but then not so much. And so people sometimes say, well, how are you so happy? I'm like, well, I think the big thing of it is I really limit what I'm, what I'm taking in um, and, and what social media accounts I'm following. You know, does this make me feel uplifted or is this, is this not, not helping me in some way? And they have that unfollow button. We've done the same thing in our household. We were for a long time, 24-7 news. And both of us, my wife and I, come out of the news business. And now we've really limited uh, what we put up and put on. And it has made us a lot more, uh, let's say, 
equal in terms of not as stressed? I think it's important to notice that my parents were avid news all the time. And I just would go ask my mom, I'd be like, can you just put on some Food Network or HDTV? Like, let's just try it. Let's just see. Here's a YouTube video of some animals, you know, like, right. and it would, it would change things for sure. Go to the cat videos. Yes, there's a purpose for these. And as you talk to caregivers, and we'll find out in just a minute uh, across the country, what do they tell you that helps them combat that negativity, that helps pull them out of the dark hole they find themselves in? We'll talk about that and more on Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zerniel, and then our Caregiver SOS On Air hotline, we're talking with Elizabeth Miller. The WellMed Charitable Foundation would like to remind you it is important to stay connected while social distancing. Caregivers' stress may be higher now, and specialists are available to talk with. There's no question that we are living in not normal times, but whether the new normal will be the old normal is yet to be seen. So if you are troubled, if you are feeling stressed, ask for help. Services are provided at no cost. See more at caregiversos.org. Hello. We're so pleased you were sticking with us right here on Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zerniel, and on our Caregiver SOS On Air hotline, we're talking with Elizabeth Miller, a certified caregiving consultant, founder of Happy Healthy Caregiver, a podcast that you can access as well. And she blogs and talks a lot about the negative effects of worrying and how to beat it. And we were talking in just a a couple of moments ago, uh, Elizabeth, about what you hear from caregivers around the country who pull themselves out of that deep funk? It's a great question, Ron. I, the, you know, the, you gave me a few minutes to think about some things. So I have a, a, a couple different ideas. Uh, one of them that helped me with the funk and, and one of the reasons why I started, uh, I, I wrote my journal, the Just For You Daily Self-Care Journal, is because journaling is a way that you can um, get kind of get out of that funk and process your feelings. So maybe writing's not your thing. And so the journal that I've created or other journals is just a daily prompt, getting that focus again, that intention on yourself and that self-care on yourself. So that's one thought. Another thing is trying new things. Uh, and so we do something in our house where every year and New Year's Eve day in particular, but you can do this at any time of year, is, uh, is we think about the things that we want to do different, you know, and not resolutions. These are things we want to try. It could be a new restaurant. It could be, I want to try one riding one of those scooters. I want to um, try a new hiking trail or things like that. And you can even do that as we're approaching summer here. Like what is your summer list of things that you want to do and, and asking your family members some other things. So we call it the 22 for 2022 list, but you make it yours. So it's a bucket list. It's like a bucket list, but buckets sound so big. This is little teeny tiny things that you can do. Uh, Pickleball was one I have had on my list. And so the thing is, is when you write them out, they're more bound to happen. And it's a great way to combat the worry and the stress. Music is another mood changer, right? Like listening to things. I have a a caregiver anthem playlist on Spotify and Pandora. If people want to listen to that. 
um, because it's, it's a mood changer. We just had a virtual cafe, which was like a virtual support group today where we had a sing along and you know, people come into the meeting as one way. And then we were singing along with someone playing the guitar and we left com- feeling completely different. Um, you know, I think anything that you can do to kind of infuse some, some self-care, whether it's listening to an audiobook or a podcast such as this one, you're going to get new tools that way. And then I would say support groups, you know, nobody's going to get it like other people in this situation. Caregivers are the experts on caregiving. Yeah. And everything that you just mentioned is again, very intentional. I'm going to, and some of it's, I'm going to have some fun. Some of it's, I'm going to do something different, which breaks up your day, right? The, what are you going to remember the 122nd day of staying at home or that new restaurant, that new hiking trail? I mean, those are, those are great things to do. What I like about trying new things, and I always thought, why do I like traveling so much? You know, why do people like traveling? And I think it's because it heightens all your five senses. There's just this exploratory discovery of all these things, and it's getting to know yourself. I think sometimes as caregivers, we put ourselves on the back burner, and it's it's a rediscovery of who is this person? What does she like to do? You know, what what am I besides a caregiver? Our caregiving journeys are going to end at some point. And then we have to kind of figure out what we're going to do after life, after caregiving ends. And for some people, that's a worry. What's their life's going to look like after caregiving? It's a process. Now, Carol picked up in your bio on the Atlanta Daughterhood Circle. What, what is that? So Daughterhood is an is a organization created by Ann Tomlinson. Uh, and she has Daughterhood Circles. They, they're groups of daughters, mostly daughters caring for aging parents. And because she just felt like there was, you know, we do a lot for motherhood, but what do we do for daughterhood? So Atlanta didn't have a daughterhood circle. And I just felt like, well, we got to have one of those and I needed it. So my daughterhood circle has been going for over five years. We meet monthly. Every leader does theirs a little bit differently. Sometimes people have educational people come and talk for ours. It's very informal. Uh, we meet at a restaurant. Um, we were doing virtual there for a while, but we meet at a restaurant so people can have a dinner. They can get a cocktail if they'd like. And we um, sometimes I have little games or things, activities that we plan to kind of get the, the conversation started. Sometimes we talk a lot about caregiving and sometimes we just talk about life and we just remember who we are. I try to infuse again that self-care, like what are we doing for ourselves? And, you know, being that self-care cheerleader for them that they might need. Uh, but they're great. We, you know, they help me as much as hopefully that they help them. Now, is there a similarity in age or is it people from every walk of life? Caregiving knows no age, no ethnicity. And we have men that have come to ours too. I'm never going to turn away a caregiver. Like if you're a family caregiver and you need support, I'm, you know, I'm not going to put up a wall there. You've got enough walls that you're navigating around. Um, But mostly it is, you know, women and maybe, you know, we're attracting, I would say, I guess 40 to 60 might be our our age there, but we've had younger, we've had older. Right. You can be 70 and be somebody's daughter who's in their nineties. I mean, we've seen, we've seen that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and are, are the challenges that, uh, that cross section of Atlanta women face, are they very similar or are they different? I mean, I think we all have our own nuances of caregiving, maybe the, a disease that we're dealing with, or, you know, a, a process that we're navigating the financial means that we have, 
but we all do have some similarities in that we are overwhelmed and we're trying to figure this out and they'll bring their questions. Sometimes I come with my binder of resources as I've been doing this a while. I have a lot of connections in the Atlanta area. I know the other daughterhood circles are similar. Um, and we're trying to kind of do something virtually that I'd love to mention through caregiving.com as I'm a caregiving.com champion, they call it. So what we're trying to do is, again, localize that support. I know, you know, I can know about things in Atlanta, but I not know, not know about the resources available in Maine or, or Portland, um, Oregon and California, but I know caregiving.com champions that have localized resources there too. So that is another avenue um, of support that we're trying to make it easy for caregivers at a local level to connect to community resources. Right. And I just, I have to mention any caregiver that's looking for local resources. If you go to the elder care locator, which is eldercare.acl.gov, and you plug in your zip code, you will get resources for older persons and for caregivers automatically in that zip code that you live. There's a phone number. If you call the number, it'll give you your local area agency on aging and caregiver, national family caregiver support program. So I always tell folks, no matter where you are, there's something. There, that is, a, those are great resources. And I always say like an elder law care attorney, those people are well connected in your community. What we're, What is a little bit different about this resource is sometimes they'll, you will find things in this directory of resources that we're building, like a mobile dog groomer. You wouldn't think necessarily of that being a caregiver resource, but having somebody come to to you that I can just, without leaving my house and packing everybody up or somebody that's going to come, you know, and, and handle an estate sale for you. So there's going to be a little bit of a unique um, resource directory that we're doing here through caregiving.com. It kind of is taking that one and it's really personalizing it to the things. I know for me, like one of the things I had to do was find a ramp for my mom. She was coming at Christmas. Her mobility had really changed where do I find a ramp that I'm going to be able to to get my mom in and out of the house? Well, that's something now that I know about as there, there's a mobility 101 or something like that where I could rent and come in. And those are the kinds of things that caregivers are are great at connecting to each other. Yeah. So you could rent a ramp? What's that? You're able to rent, you rent a ramp. ramp can rent a ramp. Yes. Oh, and they cool. even gave me the plywood because it was raining when my mom came. And so I had my little, my son and my nephew were taking a piece of plywood and so we could wheel mom up and then we had to get another piece of plywood and flip it so she could get through the grass on a rainy day. So they went the extra mile, which I appreciate. Yeah, but that's terrific. And, and one of the good things about COVID has been some things, more things come to you than used to come to you. There's a lot more delivery uh, than when it was certainly we started um, Caregiver SOS, which is terrific. Yeah, we needed a mobile dentist for my mom when she, her implant fell out when she was bedridden, you know, mobile um, podiatrists, people who have come and brought communion through the Catholic church, like all of that stuff. Amazing. So you never have to leave the house. It's all there for you. Yeah. Well, we want to leave the house. Just just say, please. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Please. Let's please We're leave fine. the house every once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> well, I meant during COVID, it was tough to leave the house. Yes. Yes. And for those who are listening to us today, Elizabeth Miller, who may wind up, maybe they're not a caregiver yet, but by tonight they may be. Well, what are some suggestions on how to begin that process? You know, I think that for some people, we we all know we're never going to, nobody's going to escape 
caregiving. We're all going to be impacted by some point. And to just kind of think about it a little bit and talk about, you know, what you would want to be true if somebody has to take care of you or talk about it with your loved ones. It just is in that situation. And I would say find support or at least know where it is before you need it. Because I think sometimes people wait too long to connect to some groups, but at least know where they are and kind of start building some relationships um, and have the conversations, have those courageous conversations with your loved ones. And that gets to the issue that so many caregivers face. They're hesitant to ask for help. Oh, no, we're fine. I don't need any help. Fine is not a feeling. Uh, first of all. And secondly, like we all need help, you know, caregiving, we needed help with, for those of your parents, we need help with parenthood. We need help with, with um, caregiving as well. And people can help from a distance. Somebody can help you do research. They could give you a DoorDash gift card. They can um, help you, you know, send you a card or just something to lift you up. Um, they can help with the lawn care or cleaning your house. It doesn't necessarily have to be hands-on with the caregiving, but anything to free up your a little bit of time so that you can carve it out and, again, create that time for yourself so that you don't burn out. It's got to be sustainable. Absolutely. And as you think about uh, the caregivers that you've helped across the country, uh, every age, uh, every socioeconomic group, uh, are they able to turn that around, that negativity? Are they able to then embrace a happiness. I think it, I think they do. They they find their groove. I mean, they're they're going to go from a, a different phases of caregiving where you're going to feel like you're entrenched and overwhelmed. And at some point, I think you do become to this pragmatic caregiver level where you start developing your systems and you start figuring out how it's going to work for you. Well, we got to stop right now. We're flat out of time. Elizabeth Miller, how do folks get a hold of you? Website that maybe they can go to? Yes, happyhealthycaregiver.com. You'll find it all there. HappyHealthyCaregiver.com. Thank you. Appreciate you coming on. Thank you for, all. For Carol Zerniel and Elizabeth Miller, I'm Ron Aaron. Thanks so much for joining us on Caregiver SOS On Air. Executive producers for Caregiver SOS On Air are Carol Zerniel and Ron Aaron. Our associate producer is Christy Romero. I'm Ron Aaron. We'll see you next week on Caregiver SOS On Air. You've been listening to Caregiver SOS On Air, an exclusive presentation of the WellMed Charitable Foundation. We welcome emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. Join co-hosts Carol Zerniel and Ron Aaron next week for more on caregiving, improving the health and well-being of caregivers and their care recipients everywhere. For more on caregiving and podcasts of our programs, visit caregiversos.org. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.